I'm excited to get to the Bible today. Uh, I want you to open your Bible to the book of Romans, all right? The book of Romans. Uh, the, the book of Romans was written by the Apostle Paul, by the Apostle Paul to the church that was starting to sprout up in that area. It was about 25 years after Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension into heaven, all right? The book of Romans is in the New Testament, about three quarters of the way through your Bible. Uh, you get to the first book, Matthew, you got Mark, Luke, John, Acts, and then Romans. If you get to any of the Ians, you know, like Philippians, Corinthians, Galatians, you went too far back up a little bit, okay? That's where Romans is. Just trying to help you out. Find, find Romans, find chapter 5. We're going to get there in a few minutes. And a few weeks back, we started this series of messages titled, Rooted, Rooted. And we're using a tree as an illustration on how faith should be rooted in Jesus. Because as we all know, the strength and the health of a tree um, below ground has everything to do with the strength and the health of a tree above ground, right? Uh, In order for a tree to survive, in order for a tree to thrive, there must be depth, there must be strength in the area where it's rooted. And unfortunately, a tree with a weak root system is an all-too-accurate picture for so many believers in our part of the world. So many people today have, would, would say that they believe in Jesus, but they have this like shallow, surface-level spiritual life. And, and God, is, God is part of their lives, but what we've been talking about over the last few weeks is how every part of our lives should revolve around God. Every part should be rooted in Him. And so listen, right off the bat, I need you to understand why this topic is so important, okay? We need to be rooted. We need to grow because we can't afford to be shallow, surface-level Christians. The stakes are just too high, okay? Our mission is too big for us to stay shallow, for us to stay surface-level. God is our creator. He deserves everything from us. And, And we just feel like sometimes I don't need to go any deeper, but we need to. There are people in our families, there are people in our workplaces that are on their way to spend eternity away from God. We must grow deeper in our faith so that we can help others do the same. Would you agree? Got to do it. So we're taking this word rooted from a passage of scripture, and it's kind of been our theme verse. It's out of Colossians. Uh, It's it's our theme verse. We find it in Colossians chapter 3. Or chapter 2, I'm sorry, verses 6 and 7. And it says this, Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See, spiritual strength comes as more more and more of our lives are rooted in Jesus. As more and more of our lives... um, are strengthened and find purpose in him. As our lives are more and more saturated in him, if you remember the first week with the illustration of the sponge. And if you missed any of this series so far, man, I highly encourage you to go back, go to our website, and take a look at these messages. I think these messages are something that, it's a little bit of a theme of where we're going and what we need to be doing this year. So check those out. But today, um, We're going to continue this conversation by looking at a specific way that our roots grow deeper and stronger. 
And when you hear this teaching, it's going to be a lot, uh, uh, like a lot of Jesus' teachings. It's going to seem a little bit backwards, right? So many times where Jesus says things like, you have to lose your life to gain it. And you're like, wait, what? That doesn't make sense. And today, when I talk about this topic, you're going to think maybe, but that doesn't, that doesn't, that's backwards. But hold on. I think you're going to find it, and it's good. So we're going to get started by looking at our scripture for today, Romans chapter 5, verses 3 and 4. So would you stand with me out of respect for God's word? And we're going to read that together. Here's what it says. It says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. Yay. (laughs) For we know that they help us develop endurance And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Let's pray. God, I pray that you speak to us this morning. God, this topic is tough. It seems backwards, but you have uh, something so amazing for us if we can understand this. So many people walk away from you when they come up against trials, and God, let us let us hear from you on how, how we're supposed to deal with this. How can we trust you through this? All of these things, God. So just, just be all over this conversation. Not my words here, but Holy Spirit, I pray you speak to people individually, directly, as we go through this topic today. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You can have a seat. No high fives. <laughs> you guys come here ever. I heard a few high fives. They love you. They love you. Uh, Pastor Kyle every week is like, give someone a high five and sit down. And I'm like, no, we're not doing that. (laughs) Just got to be different. Well, hey, in the early 90s, um, some of you were like, wait, what? That was a thing? Yes. In the early 1990s, scientists constructed this facility in the desert of Phoenix, Arizona called a biosphere. It's a pretty cool looking thing. They did this to try to create this perfect atmosphere for nature to thrive, to see just what would happen if there was no outside influence. And it was completely closed off, completely closed off. Like, there's pictures of scientists standing inside the windows and, like, the doors are locked, they can't get out. Um, And they learned a lot of things. Mostly what they learned is that when we try to create a perfect atmosphere, it doesn't work. It fails. And one of the most significant discoveries in this from the biosphere was the effect on making it too easy for certain plants. You see, in the biosphere, certain trees would grow to a certain height, and then they would just topple over. And they were like, what is going on? Like, nothing was happening. It was just, they would grow to a height, and they would fall over. And what they found out was that something wasn't happening that should have been happening. They were not growing strong root, strong and deep root systems. And what they figured out was that because there was no wind and the the soil was so nutrient-heavy that the the trees did not have to dig deep, they did not have to grow stronger, and so they they grew these weak root systems, and when they got so tall, the roots couldn't hold it up and it would just fall over. And so studies done since that failure um, has shown, actually, that strong winds cause tree roots to grow deeper and stronger. And here's why, here's why. Here's the science behind it. Ready? Get ready to geek out for a second. High winds, um, this is obvious, causes trees to sway. 
which in turn, if you think about it, underneath you have these roots that are kind of swaying with it, and it causes them to stretch. And when that happens, actually these little fissures, like little cuts in the tree roots appear. And in turn, because of that, the tree responds with filling those fissures, those cuts, with two different types of uh, stuff. I can't think of the word right now. Uh, <laughs> super scientific, that's the scientific term. No, but it's there, it, it fills it with cellulose and something that is called lignin, I believe is how you say it. See, cellulose is this sticky substance that gets weaved together to kind of create these miniature cables known as microfibrils. And these cellulose cables, they do just what a normal cable does. It makes things longer and stronger, okay? And this allows the tree roots to grow deeper and to grow stronger. And then you have the other substance, lignin, um, used to fill these cracks, these fissures. It's this durable, waterproof polymer uh, that gives basically the tree roots its rigidity and it causes them to be resistant to water and degradation, which, you know, soil is, like, it, it just breaks things down. So that's what helps the tree roots not be broken down in the, sto in the soil. So this fissure filling is really like when you work out, right? When you work out, like so many of us obviously do. Um, <laughs> you, you, like, but when you're lifting weights, right, your muscles get stressed, and there's like these little cracks, these little like cuts in your muscles that happen. I'll put my arm down. I know you're distracted. Um, <laughs> there's these little cuts that happen in your muscles though, right? And then your body in turn says, hey, we're going to fill those cracks with protein cells and your muscles get bigger and they get stronger. That's how that works if you didn't know. But it takes stress and it takes stretching and tearing to create growth. Otherwise, Things become complacent and weak and can't handle the natural things that come at it. And I think you probably see where this is going this morning. In our lives, stress, stretching, storms, trials, whatever you want to call them, they create fissures in our lives. We question and we say, God, what's going on? It creates fissures in what we'd like to have be our safe, controlled lives. But we need to be broken down a bit so that bits of faith can fill those stress fractures to make our overall faith be stronger and stronger. When we turn to him in that faith, our faith gets stronger. Like when you go through trials with your, in your relationships and you make it through, your relationship is stronger. It's, it's the same principle here. And that's what we read earlier in Romans 5. That's what Romans 5 is getting at. It says we can rejoice too. When we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Do you see this? Problems and trials, they develop endurance, and endurance develops strength. And many times, this is I think this is so key right here. Many times we think that our strong faith, it gets us through tough times, which it does for sure, but it also happens the other way around at the same time. You see, tough times also make our faith stronger. Strong faith, faith gets us through tough times, but tough times also make our faith stronger, and that's the point of today. This, is, this isn't just a principle for tree roots. 
It's right there in Romans. It's also in the book of James. Right? Consider a pure joy, my brothers, when you go up against trials because it produces perseverance. When you go through trials, it makes you better. In 1 Peter, it says it again. It says, you have, you've had to suffer for a short time, but this refines your faith. It strengthens your faith. It makes it more pure, your faith. And in 2 Corinthians, Jesus says, my power is made perfect in your trials. We see this like somehow when we go through trials, we have to rely on Jesus' power, and all of a sudden then it becomes perfect in our lives. And I think you get the point, but, but God knows that we grow in our faith like never before when we're stretched, and in turn we have to turn to him for grace and peace and whatever else we may need. But that's the kicker, that sentence right there, when we turn to him. We have to turn to him in those times or this growth can actually turn into deterioration just like those tree roots could if they don't produce the stuff that fills the cracks. This growth through the high winds can only happen if you let it. So we, we actually have um, a specific terminology or phrase that we use, and we used to use this a lot when I uh, first started coming to this church and being a part of our staff. We used to talk about these things called the six Ps, all right, the six Ps, and it was six things that lead to spiritual growth. Here they are. I'm going to put them on the screen for you to see. First one is private disciplines. It's like reading your Bible, stuff like that, praying. Uh, practical teaching is hearing the Word of God taught, maybe from a pastor or a small group leader or something. Uh, personal ministry is the third one. Serving on a ministry team, using your spiritual gifts to, to serve inside and outside of the church. Providential relationships is the next one. That's having people in your life that are going to push you or pull you in the right direction. Number five is powerful moments. It's like this personally experiencing God in a powerful way. Maybe it's at camp or at church or at home. It can happen anywhere, but powerful moments that move you forward. And the sixth one is the one we're talking about today. It's called pivotal circumstances. Pivotal circumstances. See, it's this idea that going through pivotal times in our lives, many times hard things, the death of a loved one, losing a job, being hurt by somebody else, or in a major transition in our life maybe, but in these things we have an opportunity to grow exponentially in our relationship with God. See, hopefully... We are like growing all the time in our relationship with God. Most of the time, it's like this steady, uh, upward growth. But when we have trials, when we come up against a pivotal circumstance, we have this opportunity to slingshot because when we go through trials, it produces endurance, and endurance produces strength. And all of a sudden, something that wasn't there before, all of a sudden can just take off. It's an opportunity for us to grow. And it's hard. It's hard to look at those things and say, God, this is not fun, but I see this as an opportunity for me to trust in you. To be able to stop and do that in a situation is, is hard. But the main point of this idea of pivotal circumstances is just that. We have a choice to make. When the high winds of life come at us, we can get angry and we can walk away from God. Or we can rely on him and move in his direction. And when we move toward him in these times, that is when we see this exponential growth. 
So many of you in this place have those stories. I just looked around the room, and I saw somebody shake their head at, at me like this. And in my head, instantly, their story popped into my head, and I was like, yes. I remember that. I remember that addiction. I remember that struggle. I remember those times when you texted me and said, I don't know if I want to live anymore. But now, strength in your faith like I've, like I've never seen in you before. Listen, I understand it's, it's not easy. It's actually way easier to get angry because this happened to me. And it's not fun at all. I'm not saying it's going to be good. I'm not saying it's going to be fun. It's painful. It tests our faith in humanity. It tests our faith in God. Why would he do this to me? Why would he allow this to happen to me? But you have to understand something about this. And, and it's one of the main questions that we get all the time. Even as Christians, we get this question all the time. And the question is simply this. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why does God do that? Why does he allow that to happen? And I want to do a quick teaching on this. It's not my main point for the day, but there, and there's so much more involved in this, but I think it's important for us to just really quick chat about this because it has everything to do with turning to him in these times instead of walking away from him. So first, you got to get this. God does not cause all of these bad things to happen to us. I often hear people say things like, why would God do this to me? Or why is he trying to, what is he trying to teach me through this? Both of these sayings come from this understanding that God is almost like a puppet master of this world and everything that happens is his doing and there's always a reason for everything. And I'm just here to tell you, that's not 100% accurate, okay? Not everything in this world is going according to God's will. There are things that happen every single day that God does not want to happen. Does he sometimes orchestrate negative things to happen in our life? Listen, I think he causes some things in our life to happen that we perceive to be negative, but actually lead to something good. Okay, for instance, I believe God could orchestrate things for you to lose your job, but it's because he has something better for you. Is it hard? Absolutely. But will it be better? Yes. But God doesn't cause your loved one to have cancer. God doesn't cause miscarriages. God doesn't cause someone to sexually assault someone else, okay? I need you to get that right off the bat. God is not causing these things to happen, okay? So then, then, then why does he allow those things to happen, right? And we're going to get to that in a second, but what does cause these things, first of all? What does cause these things? One, inst one, one word, sin. Sin entered our world when Adam and Eve disobeyed God. And the sinful nature causes people to do things that are not part of God's will. Okay? So bad things happen to us. We do bad things. Other people do bad things to us. Things that are not in God's will. That's one reason that bad things happen to good people. We have a free will and we do stupid things sometimes. And other people do too. But alongside that, when sin entered the world, it also broke the perfect world that God created. See, God did not create a world with earthquakes and tornadoes and disease. Sin brought natural consequences into our world. So our world, it's broken. It's broken, and sometimes it's, it's a consequence of our sin. Sometimes it's someone else doing it to us. Sometimes it's sickness or other natural disasters that come from sin entering our world, okay? And, and this is where the deeper struggle comes with. And I really get this, this next part. 
It's one of the hardest things that we have in our lives and how the thing that we have to try to wrap our heads around. Even if we understand that God may not have caused these things, we still ask, why, why does God let bad things happen? Why does he let it happen? Isn't he all-powerful? Doesn't he care? And I know some of you are like sitting on the edge of your seat and you're waiting for the answer to this question and you're gonna, it's going to change your life. And I'm just going to tell you right off the bat so you're not let down too much. I don't have a complete answer for this. I don't understand why God lets bad, some bad things happen and not others. And when he does let those things happen, it can make us feel neglected. And in t- turn, we can choose to be angry and walk away from him when we feel like he's ignoring us or he doesn't care. And I'm just telling you that's not the case. But listen, I don't, I don't know why... God allowed my best friend's mom, Karen, back in 2010 to die of cancer. She was my spiritual mom. She was always there for me when I had questions. She was the pastor's wife. And I could go to her and she would talk to me about anything. She was always there for me, praying for me. And, and we were praying for her. Every church in our denomination across Minnesota was praying for her. And she still died. I don't know. I was broken. It hurts. I don't get it. Why does he heal some people and not others? I don't know. And I don't know why God allowed my friend to be raped at the age of nine. I don't know why he allowed my teammate my senior year to die in a car accident. I don't know why. Fill in your blank. I don't know. I don't understand it all. But here's what I do know about this. I know God enough to know that he did not like to see me hurt. He doesn't do these things to just be a jerk. He doesn't allow these things to just be mean. I know God loves me. I know he loves Carol. I know he loves her family and loves my other friends and their families. Like, I know this about God. I know his character. I've been around him enough. I've read the Bible enough. I know these things. And even though he let these things happen in some way or another, I I know he's there. I mean, is there a reason these things happen? Sometimes, sure. Does he allow things sometimes to happen to teach us something? Maybe. But sometimes, I think, I think they just happen. And it's not a teaching moment. We're not supposed to learn necessarily anything of it, except sometimes we just need to see them for what they are, their trials, their problems, and in those times we should see them as opportunities to grow in our faith and trust in God. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong. And I'm not saying we don't mourn. I'm not saying we don't hurt or even get angry But alongside those feelings, we have to have faith. When things are too hard, when when the high winds come up, and we this is crazy, but we even should worship those times in those times. Even when 
life is hard. See, there's this crazy story in the book of Acts. It's found in Acts chapter 16. And there's these two apostles of Jesus. They're traveling around, sharing the gospel. And this demon-possessed girl who can tell the future, she's making boatloads of money for these guys that have enslaved her. And they're walking. Paul and Silas are walking around town, sharing the gospel of Jesus. And, And this girl is saying, these are servants of the Most High God. These are servants of the Most High God. And Paul and Silas are walking back and forth. And finally, Paul is just sick of it. He's like, enough, come out of her. And the demon comes out and her masters get angry. You just took our money-making machine. And they throw up this, they make this wild riot happen. And Paul and Silas, they end up being beaten and thrown into prison because they started the riot. Now, There's so many times where we can just gloss over things in the Bible, but I want you to stop and think about this for a second. These these guys were severely beaten, beaten, whipped, all these crazy things, falsely accused, and then falsely imprisoned. I want you to imagine that happening in today's age. My goodness, there would be an uproar. Media everywhere, news, people would be, you know, protesting, like crazy things. This is, this is massive what has just happened to these guys. This is probably a worse situation than most of us. I know there's some of you in here who have gone through much worse, but most of us have never gone through something quite like this. And look at what it says in the next few verses. This is crazy to me. Acts 16, 25 says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing songs to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. They're sitting in prison, and they don't say, why God? Why is this happening? We didn't deserve this. What did we do? Why did you allow this to happen? Why why, did you do this to us? No. They're singing worship to him. In the middle of one of the worst things that you can imagine happening to a person... They were worshiping him in a horrible, horrible time of their life. And I just look at that and I go, how do I do that? How do I have faith like that? How do I trust God and love him even when life stinks? How do we choose to go deeper instead of letting our faith be uprooted in those crazy storms of life? And I want to just say this, you have to start now. Even though we're talking about storms uh, helping your roots go deeper, if we wait for trials to come, it's going to be too late. We have to start growing deeper now. Because here's the deal. If we don't have any roots, we're going to blow over before the winds have a chance to drive us deeper. We have to have some roots in place. And again, I know we're talking about those roots going deeper through storms. Absolutely. Roots can't grow deeper if they don't exist, though. And I think the most important thing we can do to prepare for strong winds is to make sure that we just sway in the winds instead of being completely blown over. How does that happen? We have to know God intimately. We have to know God intimately. If we know him like I talked about earlier with Paul and Silas, they understood this guy. They understood who God was. When I've gone through trials in my life, I've been able to grow closer to him because I knew who God was. We know, we know it's not him trying to hurt us in those times. We know it's him not caring. We know that he loves us more than anything. 
We know that we don't understand, and it might be hard, but we know that he is with us and wants to help us through it. If we know that, we can trust him. Isaiah 41.10, so do not fear, for I am with you, says the Lord here. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my righteous right hand. Listen, we need to trust God, who he is, and what he says. We need to know him enough to be able to trust him in that, to know his character, to know that he is good, to know that he has a plan for us, a plan to prosper us, not to harm us, but he has a hope and a future for us. If we know those things about God, we can move forward and grow deeper. Music team, will you please come at this time? I, I was at a conference a couple weeks ago. Actually, all of our pastors were at this conference in St. Cloud. And I heard this guy speaking um, kind of on this topic. And he said something that stuck with me pretty hard. Uh, he was talking, him and his wife were actually on stage. And they were talking about how their 20-something-year-old daughter, who had her whole life ahead of her, who was this amazing worship leader uh, in, in their church she had all these dreams and plans to be served by God, to serve God and to make him known to other people. Well, Sarah died of stage four cancer in her early 20s, back in January of 2022. And these two people are standing on stage sharing with us this story and they're crying and they're hugging each other and trying to console each other because this happened two years ago, almost to the day when we were with them and yet they were still mourning and they were still struggling. But through this whole thing, through their grieving, through their hurt, they were trying to teach us this principle of worshiping through and growing in the horrible times in your life. And he said this at the conference. He said, are you going to get bitter or are you going to get better? Are you going to grow bitter or are you going to grow deeper with God? Listen, is there a reason that you're going through what you're going through? Maybe. Will God use this for your good? The Bible says he will if you love him. Will he help you through this? If you go to him. Will it make you better? Only if you let it. It goes back to this choice of how I'm going to respond. The hard winds can drive my faith deeper or it can uproot me completely depends on how I respond. Am I going to move away, get angry and move away from Jesus or lean on him, trust in him, let his righteous right hand strengthen me? It's how we respond. And I want to give you an opportunity to respond right now. And maybe you're going through something like this right now. And listen, some of you in this place, you, you, you're downplaying what you're going through. You're saying, well, I didn't get beaten, falsely accused and falsely imprisoned. What I'm going through is not that big of a deal. My mom didn't die. My friend didn't get raped. I'm, what I'm going through is nothing compared to that. Listen, listen. It's still a trial. It's still something that's hard and that's weighing heavy on you. This could be a pivotal circumstance in your life where you have to choose. And don't, don't downplay it. Turn to God. Let him strengthen you. So we're going to have an opportunity to respond. If you're going through something right now, Maybe it's time to respond and turn towards him. 
If you're not going through something yet, maybe you need to respond and you need to start preparing and you need to start growing a little bit of roots so they can grow deeper. Because listen, if you're not going through a storm now, it's gonna come. I just wanna take a few minutes to pray, to pray for you. Um, I know that there's just a lot of stuff going on right now. We have um, people in this place who have lost family members. We have people who are putting family members into hospice. We have friends in the BBE and New London Spicer area that are just grieving like crazy right now because of the tragedies that have happened over the last few weeks or months. And I know that there's other things in your life, people with cancer, relationships, Every week uh, in our youth ministry, I, I get the privilege to hang out with our youth on Wednesday night, and we do prayer requests, and we hand out these little cards, and students can write prayer requests down, and man, I'll tell you what, there's heavy things going on in our students' lives, too, and our kids. There's all sorts of things. I think one of the only guarantees in life is that it's going to be hard at times, and when that happens... We need to come together as the body of Christ. We need to help each other. We can lean on each other. But man, we have to lean on God during these times. We have to let our roots grow down deep. Next week, we're talking about, Pastor Kyle's gonna share about the root system again, and, but how they're also sometimes interconnected with other trees around us. And we're gonna talk about what it means to encourage each other and we're going to just practice that for a moment here as well, too. Um, so first, let me just say this. Let me just do it this way. If you are in this place and there's something going on in your life, there's a trial, uh, there's a storm, if there's anything that you're just struggling with, even if in the slightest amount, we would love to pray for you. I just want you to just slip your hand up like this. It doesn't have to be crazy high. But if you got something, just put your hand up. Okay, all sorts of people. Okay, keep your hand up for a second. And here's where we're going to practice being the body of Christ. If you're next to somebody, just put your hand on their shoulder. We're going to pray for them. I believe there's power when we come together and encourage each other and lift each other up. If you're in this place right now and you raised your hand, I want you to know that the people that just put your, their hand on your shoulder seriously care about you. We care about you here. We're a church family. We want to see people lifted up. And our prayer for you today is going to be that God shows up and does something miraculous. But our prayer for you even more is going to be that you rely on God and you lean on God and know that he's walking through that valley of the shadow of death with you. And he can comfort you and strengthen you. So let's pray. God, for these people right now who lifted their hands and God, for the people who didn't, I know that there are things happening all around us in our lives, in the people that we love. And I pray right now for the people that uh, put their hands up. God, I pray for people who are struggling, who are going through trials. And I pray that you show up in their situation and that you move mountains and you calm the storms like you can. We've seen it in scripture, literally and spiritually, you've calmed things. God, I pray you show up and you do miraculous things that only you can do that you mend relationships, that you heal cancer, that you 
move mountains in circumstances and situations that feel like they are mountains and they're never going to move. God, please show up and do something. But God, we trust you no matter what. God, help us to run to you. Help us to move in your direction, to lean on you as we're struggling, as we're going through this thing. Let us not try to do this by ourselves. Let us lean on you so that our roots roots can grow down deep, so that, God, I, I pray that other people will come around us and help us move in that direction as well. Show up, God. Show up like only you can. In Jesus' name. And lastly, before we go, Maybe you're here and and you don't have the relationship with God that that we've been talking about. Like having those roots. Maybe you don't have any roots at all and and you might be thinking like, "I, I want that. Listen, that's what you were created for. You were literally created to have a relationship with God. That is why he put you on this earth. So he could know you. So he could love you and you could love him in return. But here's the thing, we've all sinned. The Bible tells us that when we sin, there's this separation between us and God because sin cannot enter the presence of God. I mean, if darkness entered the presence of God, we would literally be destroyed and wiped off the face of this earth. And so God made a way. He sent Jesus, God in flesh. He came down. He lived a perfect life. Died on the cross as the payment for your sin. So you don't have to pay for your sin and you can be forgiven. And all you have to do to receive salvation is to believe in him, the Bible tells us, and ask him to be your savior to Lord, and be your Lord, to be committed to him. So if that's you, if you've never made that decision, or you wanna get back into that decision, in that relationship with him maybe, I wanna pray for you too, so I wanna do this. Let's all bow our heads, close our eyes for a time of privacy and reflection. No one's gonna come and put their hand on your shoulder for this one. All right, this is between you and God. And I just want to pray for you. And so if you're in this place and you're like, I want to, I want to start that relationship or I want to get back in to that relationship, I want to make a commitment to him today, would you just again put your hand up so I can see and I can pray for you specifically? Yes, thank you. Anybody else? Yeah. If you're watching online, you can make this decision too. I don't have to see you, but I can pray for you right here. We can pray together. You can, you can make this commitment. Anybody else in this place, I just want to give you one more, one more second or two here. Yeah, thank you. All right. I want us to pray. And in fact, I want us to all pray together. Let's all pray this out loud. Let's support the people that are making this decision today. Just let's pray this. It's not magic words, but it's something in our hearts. Let's just pray. Father God, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me. I know I've made mistakes. I know I'm a sinner. But I believe that you are my savior. I believe you died for me. I want to live for you from this day on. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's celebrate that together. Can we do that?